0: 18 plus.
1: A Dominic Salangi hat trick brought justice to those FPL managers who bought him ahead of last week's abandoned match, while there was mass frustration at cheap benched players scoring highly. Yes, this is a Christmas Eve episode of Fantasy Football Community's FPL podcast. I am Mark Jobling, wearing a Roy Keane-inspired festive jumper, and with me is Lewis, aka FPL reactions. Uh, are you all ready? Presents wrapped, food bought, etc.
2: Yeah, good to go. All the foods and all the presents are wrapped. Um, so, yeah, it's just about kind of experiencing it now, isn't it? And and it's always nice, isn't it? Christmas, the Christmas period. But it's, it's all. It's also extremely busy for the football, isn't it? So,
1: yeah, it's, it's
2: a hard one to balance, I imagine, for many.
1: Yeah, it just sort of re- re- reminding myself there that sort of last year it was slightly different because it was there was Boxing Day football, but there wasn't any of this December chaos because it was the World Cup, and then everyone had the sort of extra wild card to use. So this is the first time in a couple of years where we've had the whole sort of game week every three or four days, sort of chaos, mm-hmm. it's sort of a different type of chaos.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'm either reminding myself it's Christmas every year or reminding myself that the football's on every year near Christmas. So I, I'm always kind of like trying to remember it's one of them. Um, but
1: yeah, obviously it's both. So it's, yeah, busy in it. So so we we have both benefited from Solanke's 17 points away at Nottingham Forest. And um, I know I personally took a hit for him last week. So just sort of putting a lot of pressure on, well, he needs to score for us to sort of justify the hit. And boy, did he. So that, that part went well. But I'm one of those managers that has had, every substitute either score or keep a clean sheet so that's 32 benched points from Ariola, gabriel charlie taylor and archer and um, now i guess you haven't had that because as we discussed last week you've barely got any playing players on the bench so i guess one <laughs> yeah. positive of that for you is that at least you don't have 32 points
2: yeah for once it's an actual positive to have no bench <laughs> But yeah, best. I mean it's yeah. Ariola yeah. was the only one I had.
1: Yeah, it's just I mean every decision personally went wrong in a way, like with one match to go. We're we recording this before Wolves versus Chelsea, such as the yeah. tight Christmas sort of uh life schedule. But despite the slight green hour that's probably coming, I am absolutely gutted at this game week because well it's currently fifty-one points pre-parma, but how can you not be Good. They'd win thirty-two points on the bench, and every decision kind of went wrong. Sort of backing Debravka over Ariola. There was logic to there was logic to all of it. I mean, didn't even know Ariola was going to start first of all because Fabianski kept a clean sheet. Ariola played in the cup and conceded five. So personally, I was thinking, yeah, that that seems, yeah, Debravka at Luton. Mm. Even though I wasn't confident as a Newcastle fan about Newcastle at Luton, at least Debravka is going to play. Yeah, Watkins yeah. as captain was a disaster, but again, that made so much sense. I'm not gonna beat myself up over that. Santi so Simacas over Gabriel in Liverpool Arsenal went terribly wrong, um, but yeah, it was just. Uh, and then you know, Archer and Taylor. It's it's they play for Burnley and Sheffield United in away games, so that was that wasn't really gonna happen. So it wasn't one of those benches where you you look at it on Twitter and think, well, you you're silly for doing that, like personally would say it makes it made sense, but for some reason, such as FPL, it just all went yeah. wrong. Yeah.
2: It it just it feels like a week that although I think a lot of people are going to be happy with, especially those that have Solanke. But Solanke, but if you actually look at it, it's only really Solanke Solanke. So Solanke obviously got seventeen points, but then it's only really Bowen and Salah who feel like they've done anything like on a i, I, I not my you know when they'll start eleven sides. I think if you look at watkins, you know he i, I still can't believe he blanked in that game, okay? like I still can't believe it, you know, and I can't believe that Chris Wilder seems to be putting some sort of miracle at Sheffield United at the moment, so I'm not too sure what's going on there, but also Newcastle, you know, okay, we expected Luton to. To prove difficult, especially at home, you know we've seen Luton much stronger at home than they are away. But I had triple Newcastle going into that, so I ended up selling. And I don't think I told you this. I think I ended up selling Harland because I was going to keep him, but decided against it because it wasn't. You know, there was kind of like we were a week later, and no one was sure if he was going to start or if he was fit. And I and I brought in Callum Wilson. I thought. Yeah, I thought, he, he's going to he, he's gonna start. And I think I was quite confident he was going to start. And he did end up starting. And when I saw that he was starting, I was like, right, this is great. And obviously, I went into that game with Dubravka, Trippier, and Wilson. I felt really strong going into that game with those three. Albeit, I didn't have Gordon. I still felt pretty confident. And then, yeah, just nine points between all three players it, yeah not nine sorry seven points so really poor i thought i thought wilson could have got something there uh, trippier potentially as well but yeah overall the newcastle boys and, and obviously captaincy really
1: didn't go well this week uh-huh. yeah i've had a sort of overnight to sort of calm down about the new Bessel thing <laughs> but uh yeah sort of even names like Wilson really, really triggers it because <laughs> his, his decline recently hasn't hasn't been pretty to see. That Luton kept their first clean sheet of the season against Newcastle, and honestly, it's not even a surprise personally because it was the way things have been recently. I would advise people to just stay off all Newcastle players in FPL because they're they were just well, just well, that might be tough <laughs> because a
2: lot of people have got two or three players, haven't they? So, oh, I mean, it.
1: No confidence yeah. at all in them right now, absolutely not. They're unrecognizable, yeah, completely unrecognizable. And of course, the, the the injuries are part of that in a way, but it wasn't a reason yesterday. Um, it was just I think there's only how only has one way of playing, and when the players are too tired to do that pressing game, there's genuinely nothing else. So I think the the opponents are very quickly figuring out that. Um, if you just sit back and ask Newcastle to to get through you, we're not going to get through you. So, yeah, there's just no creativity in there. So, yeah, even someone like I mean Gordon, genuinely, the camera went on him at about seventy minutes and just completely forgot he was playing. So, owners of Gordon would have been very frustrated by that because he was completely anonymous. Um, and yeah, Luton, in fairness, they hit the bar twice, so it could have been it could have been more than one nil. It it wasn't you know based yeah. on performance it was a, it was a well earned victory for them.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's a shame, isn't it? But the, like the issue with Newcastle now is obviously you don't want to kind of make the whole thing about Newcastle, but they, they're they're a really significant team at the moment because they've had good fixtures, they're getting a lot of injuries, they've got you know players. Ready. I think Botman came back uh, last match, didn't he? And mm-hmm. um, but then. Obviously after Nottingham Forest this week it's then Liverpool City and Villa. So a lot of people will be will be kind of really concerned about owning the Newcastle players. The issue with that is, is that we've got so many fires at the moment, it seems there's an injury every single week, or at least it feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're we having to deal with that first and then before we kind of get to the luxury stuff. But I mean would you, Are you worried about Newcastle going into games against bigger teams? Because we've seen Newcastle do well against bigger teams, haven't
1: we, recently? Um, pretty worried. I, th- I think by the time that, that January would have games against Liverpool, Man City and Villa is over, I do sort of wonder if the damage has been done there. And, you know, yes, bodies will eventually be coming back. Yes, January windows open, players can come in. But at that point, it's it'll be how far adrift will the top six even be? So therefore, is the rest of the season just going to be sort of maybe a cup run, maybe, or sort of sort of aiming for that seventh or eighth spot? So mm-hmm. I, I do sort of wonder how much damage has been done because it really is, like, it's scary, the difference between the home and the away games. Like It's yeah, like yeah. something I've not really seen before. Um, it's just absolute night and day. So whilst that might be a good thing, possibly for the Forest game on Boxing Day at home. Um, yeah, it's it's the next three after that, are most likely all going to be defeats. So, yeah, if if you sort of own someone like Gordon after after Forest, we'd maybe try and sell. But as you say, the, there are about to be other fires to put out. So if you have Gordon, but you also have Salah and Sun who are about to go to Afghan, yeah. suddenly there's not enough transfers to go around and... Uh, well, I guess other fires are taking place in defense right now because Lascelles got hurt. Um, at Luton went off quite early. Butman came on, and I don't think Howe is going to say. Uh, such is the nature of Christmas and press conferences. Like, genuinely, might not hear from him until the deadline, which is mm. 11 a.m. UK time on Boxing Day. Which feels like a disaster waiting to happen at that time. Um, so we might not get a, an update on Lascelles. Uh, Simakas got hurt at uh, at Liverpool. And I think Klopp's already said that it's really bad. And it's yeah. a collarbone. broken collarbone. So that's one that needs to go out, um, which I think we both have, don't we, that one? Yeah, yeah.
2: I think, to be honest, he was always going to be... He was always going to be transfer out with, with Robinson coming back, wasn't he? It's yeah. just obviously annoying timing, isn't it? You know, slap bang in the middle of a crazy... Quick turnaround and and you know we we ideally want to use transfers elsewhere. And off 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 the record, off air, we we basically we were, we were having a chat about how many defensive transfers we we've been having to make this season, and it feels like a lot, and it does feel like a waste of transfers because the points just haven't been coming from defence, have they? It's it's all about midfield and all about forwards, so. You know, is it is? It, it feels like we're constantly chasing points in defense
1: using transfers, and it's just so annoying. Another one is Matty Cash, those who still have him. Um, not only, well, that late Sheffield United goal took him from, I think he was on the verge of nine points with bonuses, <laughs> and then he conceded, got booked, and hurt his shoulder. So that is very classic
2: cool Matty Cash.
1: Ah, oh, it's just. So cruel. So there's three fairly popular defenders out, and at a time when, you know, the the debates are well, if you've sold Haaland, are we getting them back in? And or the yeah. players off to Afcon. Like the last thing that's needed right now is several defensive crises, like several defensive crises going on at the back. So, um, yeah, I suppose one thing to address first is if if managers have two or three of th- those guys, which which defenders should should, be replaced with really yeah don't have an arsenal defender or poro of course because i think they're Mm. um pedro poro sort of gabriel saliba that sort of thing if you don't have them that's probably the default answer isn't it but beyond that is there anyone you're thinking of
2: yeah there is i think we i think what we need to do firstly is just is is kind of I still think Chelsea are a great team to invest in. They've still got really, really good fixtures: Palace, Luton, Fulham. Then they've got Liverpool, but then they've also got Wolves and Crystal Palace again. After that, so I think they're they're right up there in terms of in terms of um, fixtures. But I also think there's a couple of assets we should look out for. So there's there's a bit of there's a bit of uncertainty around what's going to happen between Gusto and Colwell. Uh, it depending on the tactic, depending on how Poch wants to play. But one player who, who who seems to be standing out at the moment is Benoit Badiashile, centre back for Chelsea. Seems to be starting every game recently. He's four point four million as well, so he's quite cheap. You know, he he's going to be what a million cheaper than the likes of Saliba. So. Obviously, there's no, there's, there's never been. I say this after Gabriel has scored a header, but they, the the Arsenal defense never feel like exciting picks. with loads of goal threat. Um, again, this is going to sound like nonsense considering Gabriel has just scored a header, but yeah, it, they just don't feel like exciting picks. Of course, you know they are standouts. So you look at the Arsenal fiction, you think, okay, I'm going to go there, but if you haven't got the money then I do think dropping down to someone like Baddy Oshiel at 4.4 million, you know, isn't isn't a terrible shout. Obviously, you've already mentioned Poro, who, who could be a great long-term hold. You know, he, he's, he's proven to be offensively fantastic, you know, in terms of assistance. So, so he's getting a lot of that recently as well. And obviously, Aston Villa were a place last week that, that we all wanted to go to. And I still think, you know, there's opportunities to get there. I'm not too sure on Paul Torres's fitness, but Conza is 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 potentially four point, an option at four point five million. You could yeah. you could still go that there, couldn't you?
1: Torres is the one. If if you had to pick one press conference, like if you were to ask Santa to have one press conference happen, and I think mine personally would be uh, Unai Emery to see if Pao Torres is back, because yeah, yeah. I think even though. I think the one good decision last week personally was to not bring in Conza for the cells because ultimately they did concede but it's probably going to happen this week anyway because of the injury and um if nothing's said it'll probably be the safety of Conza but actually it's still really like Pau Torres so
0: if um yeah.
1: if Emery yeah. could give an update on that that'd be much appreciated I
2: think so. So you have to you have to kind of consider the likes of Gabriel. I'm I'm still considering Gabriel. I don't love the Arsenal defence, but I was I'm still kind of open to going there in terms of Gabriel. Not just because he's just scored harder, but basically there's a, there's a huge lack of options, isn't there? And there? Has been kind of all season. We should probably also give a special mention to Trent. I think he's he's picked up at least one return in his last seven matches, which is insane. Yes. Yeah. Um, And he's also kind of keeping up with the eight million, you know, the kind of midfielders now as well recently. So that's something to take into account. Obviously, no one likes his price, no one at all, at eight point three million. But you know, there's got to be a point where you recognise that that kind of rate of return is there, and if he's still maintaining this, in well, in one or two or f- maybe even three weeks' time, then, you know, a lot of people are going to start getting a little bit more serious about Trent.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's Well, the yeah, thing he... about Trent, I mean, I have absolutely no intention of buying him, but it, it is frustrating that his form is going to make him highly owned pretty soon, and therefore it's yeah. going to be back to sort of fearing him a bit because... Yeah, his last ten matches: five clean sheets, two goals, three assists. That's free. And and
2: the the worst thing is, if you if you kind of if you obviously watched the game yesterday, which you probably did, Trans should have scored as well. He hit the crossbar, didn't he, from a few yards out when it was was five versus one. So that could have been a massive, you know, a massive haul. So he's obviously getting into the right positions. He's obviously creating. The only thing that's putting everyone off is his price tag, but I think if he if he's maintaining it and keeping it up, I think a lot of people would probably go there, and 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 especially during Afcon because the budget is there to do it, isn't it? You know, you won't have Salah, you won't have Son, so I think going for Tran is eventually going to be normality. Um, I think there's one one more kind of I want to just kind of pick up on, and um, that's someone that I was considering transferring in last week. But didn't. Um, and that was Van Van Hack. Uh, the oh,
1: centre yes.
2: back. At, yeah, the centre back at Brighton. He's he's still four million, obviously. You think he started started again, he started like eight of the last ten for Brighton, and Brighton actually have really good fixtures up until March after this. Um and which is and that that game is Manchester City. Um I mean they have got the likes of Tottenham, they've got two Tottenham fixtures in there, but other than that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them keep clean sheets. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Van Hack outscore a lot of these more popular popular assets, to be honest with you. So there's there's quite there's quite a lot of options there for defensive picks.
1: Another team that has okay fixtures coming up is Brentford. But I don't know if, 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 if sort of an Ethan yeah. Pinnick with, with a bit of attack and threat could be gone forward. Now they've had mm. their blank. But we still don't know when it's going to be a double. Course, so you know, there there could be a double on the horizon for Brentford, but certainly their next three are are Wolves, Palace, and Forest, which isn't too bad. Um, someone that I'm not considering because I just it's sort of a mental block in terms of getting a Bournemouth defender, but Marcos Sinisi, yeah, his last three matches he's got 14, 15, and five, so he's got like a lot of points over the last three matches, he's having the time of his life. But again, maybe it's too late. Maybe that that the point is, uh, he would have been a good transfer three game weeks ago. But sort of that period's over. But yeah, the the trend thing is a tough one. One, one thing I was thinking after the midweek, Carlin. Sorry, it's not Carlin Cup anymore. Is it? It's EFL Carabao Cup now. Yeah. Um, is that should should the final of that be Chelsea versus Liverpool? That would be game week twenty six. That they would blank and Chelsea play Tottenham that week so not only a Salah and Son possibly away from 21 all the way to 24 and yeah. then how deep their nations go but there'll be one game week and then they blank again I mean with Charleston would still probably be worth worth a punt but certainly when, when it comes to making these decisions if you want to buy Trent you could probably have a little bit of relaxation that you might not be needing Salah or son back until maybe game week twenty seven, which is getting towards wild card time. Maybe so mm. there is confidence there that that money might not be needed so much for, for a decent spell of time.
2: Yeah, so I think we, we're Tottenham. They are scoring a lot of goals. They have some great fixtures coming up. You know, they've got Brighton, Bournemouth, United, Brentford, Everton, and Brighton again over the next few weeks. So I think people are going to start being interested in the likes of Ricarlison. Kulisavsky, Brennan Johnson. Kind of, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on, on those three, because we can see that Ricarlison is, is starting a striker, but he's also getting his minutes managed, which is, feels a bit, I don't know. I, I, I've never been one for kind of liking players who get substituted early.
1: Yeah, I think I was really like planning ahead was sort of looking at Ricarlison as, as a son, replacement during during the Asian Cup partly yeah. because his minutes may not be as managed then because Spurs will have Spurs will have one less option there so that's that's still a way to go the only thing is he's doing so well now that mm. um it's not even going to be a differential anymore I, w- I was really looking at those Salah and Sun spots as a great opportunity to do something exciting for a few weeks and really boost up break the template a bit but I got a feeling he he might be fairly template soon. So, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Players that come off early, uh, owners that have had Musa Diaby this season will have had a similar sort of um, frustration that he's always coming off around sort of 65, 70 minutes. And yeah, Ric- Ricarlison is, is one of those. The, the only hope is that maybe soon his miniature possibly being managed now in anticipation of, of uh, Son's absence. But yeah. But we don't know. Yeah, the Spurs guy is really good. Uh, you you picked him as your differential, if you remember, for this. Uh...
2: Yes, yeah. I
1: remember. Some... Yeah, I um, remember this morning when I knew we were going to
2: record. I was like, I'm sure, I picked allison.
1: Yeah, you did. Well, I went first and picked Leon Bailey, and he <clears throat> um, had a goal disallowed, controversially. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, it would have been a Watkins assist as well, right?
1: Would have been a Watkins assist for the captainers. It would have oh. would have answered a few questions there. But uh I think what 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 the issue with that one was that the amount of time that passed between the foul on the goalkeeper and and the goal, you know, Sheffield United cleared it at least a couple of times. So yeah. But uh so f- for a couple of minutes there, um it was it was a little bit happy. I'm not gonna lie. That the first thought was I picked him as a differential against you, but uh but oh well, he is essentially blanked and then and then your guy scored, McCarlison. So you you've won this one.
2: Yeah, it's nice to actually it's nice for any of us to get a return though, isn't it? <laughs> we've literally not picked we've not picked a decent differential for or, well they have been decent. It's obviously the outcome's been wrong, of course. But yeah, I feel like um it's it's a win for both of us just to land a differential return on the pod.
1: Yes, it's good to have that streak over in this in the similar way that Aston Villa's home games streak is over um and Bailey's run of returns is over at least this one has delivered something have you have you um have you picked a name out for this week actually for differential
2: yeah so there's a couple of players i've locked out this week and i knew i had the of some returns so i kind of wanted to keep you know keep the returns going and i've looked i've i've been considering a couple I think I'm going to go for Pascal Gross. So, and, and he could be a really good. He could be potentially a long-term option as well because when you look at Gross, he started the last nine out of ten for Brighton. He's he's not. He doesn't seem to be be rotated much. He's versatile, so he can play a lot of positions, which gives him, you know, more predicted game time in a sense. He's also picked up six returns in his last six, and he's currently the highest scoring Brighton player. So I picked it up on the fact that Brighton was that that Gross was last year's uh, was Brighton's Brighton's highest player in FPL last year as well, and it just feels like, you know, we get all excited by these assets like Matoma and Adingra and and Ferguson, when in fact in reality it's just just the standard Pascal Gross who who seems to be going under the radar, picking up returns every game and starting most games. So I'm going for him this week. When I look, Tottenham were, were second worst for expected goals conceded in the last six. So Tottenham are, although Tottenham are pressing offensively, they are they're, they're, they, they are seemingly woeful at the back defensively. When looking at the under underlying data, that is, and I just think with Gross's form and Tottenham's the way they play and the stats they are conceded, I think Gross. I'm going to go for Gross here.
1: That's fair good option yeah that's let's say uh, he's another one whose fixtures are about to kick off so really good yeah as you say as a, as a long-term option that could work. I, I mean mine is very you know I, I picked this guy without a plan b because there was a confidence that that you wouldn't have picked him and, and yes yeah. thankfully that's the case because it's it's very random but hey none of the last four or five differentials have done it so you know what's the worst <laughs> that can happen And um, so Bournemouth's Lewis Sinist- Sinistera. all um, right uh, okay. Which is risky because he didn't, well, it's because he didn't start at Forest, actually, that made me think he might start on Boxing Day um, at home at Fulham. And I think he has only started once in the league, so the more I talk about it out loud, the more uh, stupid it seems. But uh, a bit dodgy,
2: think, this one, isn't it? <laughs>
1: a bit dodgy thinking about uh, Well, it was going to be Tavernier, but I thought, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to outthink Areola here. It's, He's he's going to get rested yeah. and Sinistera and Clive are going to come in. Um, <laughs> he's in only 3,494 teams. So on the game, he's yeah. actually got 0.0% ownership. He didn't start at Forest. But to be fair, he's been getting plenty of shots in during his cameos. He, mm. scored, he scored at Man City. And I think there was a couple of games recently where he ended up with like five attempts and three attempts in, in very little time. So I think if he does get the start here... and for Leeds last season, he scored five goals in only 863 minutes, so that's like less than ten full matches. He yeah, he was really hand. good for Leeds, wasn't he? He was like one of their best players. So if he does start, I think it could work, but um, that is a gigantic if. Um, He might have this one again this week. <laughs> we'll see. And then in terms of actual teams, well, I guess first of all, before we Dress our team specifically. What, what's your plan with with Harlan? So you, you you sold him uh, for Wilson just there. Yeah, is that, is that because there's a confidence that he might not get the Everton game.
2: Yeah, I think so. And there was also it was also the fact that I felt like I was missing out. You know, while everyone else was selling him and bringing in these options, I I had a okay week last week. Um, with 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 Tamman. Well, nine men, because they took my Solanke points away from me, didn't they? Oh, yeah, but I I just feel like I, I I could there was there was an option there. I I felt like Newcastle against Luton, although away from home, Newcastle could have a really really good um have really good potential there. But then I also looked at the game after that. Looked I looked at Forest, knew that Newcastle were a better team at home, and knew that Forest were conceding lots of goals, and they and they proved that again this week. So I'm I'm hoping that Haaland isn't fit. I'm hoping we get news that that he won't play. If we don't get any news at all, then I'm not too sure what I'm going to do because now that Isaac is back, I think he did, Isaac came on at half time, didn't he, this week. Um what was it slightly like? after even
1: earlier actually. It was in the there was a double substitution when when the cells went off injured. Um, and Miley came off as well, and, and yeah, it was bottoming and Isaac. Um, because by that point it was already becoming clear that Luton are one nil up, and Newcastle really needed uh, attack. But uh, yeah, he came on quite early.
2: Yeah, so I mean that's a concern. You know, I, I I thought Wilson would at least get a couple of games. So I'm not too sure what to do with Wilson. Like I'm not even too sure he's going to start the game himself. I'm I'm pretty sure he'll feature. You know he'll definitely feature, won't he? It's just whether he'll he'll start the game. I so suppose. What are your views on him starting? I suppose from a Newcastle fan. Um,
1: no, in fairness, I, I I think it probably is his turn to start simply because Wilson has had a few in a in a row, pretty much, and yeah. um, he's been really good for the club in general. But it has it, it has been poor recently whether that's I mean, maybe that's a bigger issue with the team, of course, but um it it does look sort of like it's not it's not great for him at the moment. You know, he, he is yeah. getting the games, but it it's there's not a threat there right now. So um it might be used as a time to to rest him.
2: Yeah. I mean it it's an issue, isn't it? It is an issue. I think in in that case I would have to hope that Haaland Haaland is fit and comes back, and we see, you know, see news of that and see news. I won't captain him. I definitely won't captain him because there's there's still a chance, even if he is back, that you know, he, you know, he has his minutes managed. And you know, although Tottenham did well against Everton, um, I, it might be a bit of an awkward game for, for Manchester City, and they themselves haven't been in great form in terms of underlying starts and stuff. So, all results. So I think for me, yeah, it's 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 he might come in. I suppose my other issue is Colwell because I would I would li- like to have rolled this week. I would like to have started Dubravka, Colwell, Trippier, Poro, Palmer, Bowen, Saka, Salah, Watkins, Solanke and Wilson. That doesn't look like it's going to be the case anymore. Or was you know was Simicat injured on the bench, so I think there could be a chance that I take a hit this week. And I don't mind taking hits because I know a lot of people are getting injuries. A lot of people are probably taking hits as well. So I think if I do, if, if Colwell doesn't start today and Salo, and we got Salah news that it, Harlan news, sorry to say that he looks likely to start and Stefan Wilson doesn't, then, you know, I'm I'm pretty much going to have to sell Simikas and Wilson, to potentially Haaland mm. and a defender like Gabriel. But yeah, in, in terms of, I think it's important to touch upon my rank actually as well, because I think last time we covered the fact that it was 900k with the, with the Solanke points. Well, I actually dropped out back down to 1.2 million without those Solanke points, which was an insane drop. Mm. Um, but this week obviously it is a fairly good week 46 points i've still got Colwill potentially and palmer to play and i'm back into 900 900ks 960k so yeah it's it's going well this week and i think if if we can get some clarity on harland and and and, and potentially Colwill today because if Colwill starts today i can keep him and and potentially just just Sell Har- or just sell Wilson for Haaland. Um, ideally, though, Cole will starts today, and Haaland isn't back, and Wilson still features and scores because then I can just roll a transfer and have two next week. But that's not going to that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a it's a fair point that while Man City are champions of the world after beating Fluminense four 0 in the final, of their league form is is not like that at all, and in that Everton game away is tricky so yeah if 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 we genuinely hear nothing from from Pep, I don't know how we could, but I don't know how you could buy him because there's yeah. absolutely nothing i mean there, there was a social media sort of pick of him, but again, like some sort of training, but that's it really nothing nothing solid so if if Pep says nothing you you can't you can't buy him forever, then you really can't, and then after that, well, probably will hear something for Sheffield United but um but again you know that's possibly a game where alvarez has just scored twice in the final so he's more than adequate as a as a backup so yeah it's it's really tough to know what's going to happen so sort of while the turkey will be eating over christmas and stuff like that I probably will be um scrolling through twitter to see. oh the... you're going to have to you're going to have
2: to <laughs> even for those hardcore christmas lovers you you're going to have to look up news for this for this one because yeah, you know, with the, with with the Simicass injury as well, and the doubt around Holland, it's it's just a it's a bit of a disaster, isn't it? <laughs> the are trying to navigate the the deadlines coming up, and obviously those that have LaSalle's as well, it's even worse. So, yeah, there's there's uh, there's definitely news to wait for during Christmas.
1: Oh, absolutely, and as for using these two transfers, it's it's. Well, the, the plan was to sort of reverse the Haaland to Solanke uh, transfer two weeks ago. But for various reasons, that's not happening now because, of course, Solanke has just just scored a hat-trick and he's got Fulham at home. So I feel selling him would be a bit foolish, especially for a guy we have no idea if he's, if he's fit or not. So the two transfers, personally, are probably going to go on defence instead, or certainly one of them. Um, If it turns out that it's going to be Gabriel polo plus one other. I may as well just keep your defensive transfer until he's needed. But uh, yeah, as I guess going back to our chat earlier, the, the one that I'm probably thinking of is, is a Villa defender um, because um, a trip to Manchester United isn't that scary anymore. We've seen Palace go there and uh, get sort of the, the win and the clean sheet. West Ham have just clean sheet against the Newcastle did it earlier mm. so it's it's absolutely doable and then after that game it's, it's still a nice run so you, you'd think even though Villa couldn't do it against Sheffield United um, there's at least one or two coming up over the next half dozen or so So that's what, probably... is,
2: what is your plan for Solanke actually because a lot of people did do the Haaland to Solanke move but if Haaland is fit then what, I mean, what do these people do? Because I personally, I've got 4-3-3, free free, so it doesn't really matter to me. But the way that Bournemouth are playing and the way that Solanke is playing at the moment, you, they've got Fulham at home, which is great. But Tottenham, that's quite good, isn't it? Considering the mm. way that Tottenham are playing and the and the and the goals they're conceding. And they have Liverpool, but then they have West Ham, who are conceding a lot of goals. Forest, Fulham again. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts around... Solanke and and how to deal with that.
1: You're right. It, it would be uncomfortable to sell him at any point soon. And I think one thought that I was having was using the Salah Sun sort of downgrades to sort of have eight strong attackers. Um and maybe yeah. or maybe keep one of the two while they're away, because every transfer is precious, and then maybe have like four midfielders and three strikers for a few weeks and then you could sort of have I don't know, Rick Carlison coming in for Salah or something, and then you can absolutely afford Archer to Haaland and then have squad depths. Um yeah. and okay, sort of don't like having that sometimes because on a, in a normal period of time that would bring benching dilemmas, but here it won't bring any dilemmas. It would just be uh it would just mean that by the time game week sort of twenty-six, twenty-seven comes around, there might be a headache but of course that's yeah. in I mean, wild card season probably so uh, there's definitely one thought where I'm thinking that uh after archer because starting archer against luton is is very doable that that in itself is sort of semi-headed going into yeah boxing day but um yeah i was thinking could use all the money that we're going to have available um to sort of have a third striker because is really difficult to sell right now.
2: Yeah, he he feels like he's going to become much harder as well.
1: Are you, who are you so. captaining this week? Was it Salah yeah. or Son Well, oh, I've got, got Son. Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping he blanks and he he does nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, Salah Salah for me against Burnley. Um, he looked he looked sharp against Liverpool. I felt he was. I felt he was sloppy. Before uh, yeah, last week, but he, he looked he looked good against Arsenal. Sorry, and then I think a game against Burnley. You just can't not you just can't not target with, with the armband. Really, can you? I know we've seen Watkins fail against Sheffield United, but Liverpool are more consistent in terms of their attacking output. You know, the, the underlying data is always there for Liverpool. They're always having kind of like more shots, more shots, on, more attempts on goal than anyone else. And the big chances are there as well. So I, I just feel like if you're backing a team to score a lot of goals against a promoted team, it's probably going to be Liverpool.
1: Yeah. And Paul yeah. This one, even though the captaincy streak hasn't been the best recently, uh, Salah, Salah at Burnley seems to be fairly uh, straightforward-ish. If, if straightforward even exists in the FPL world. Yeah. Um, I suppose, in terms of quick questions, um, what's your favorite Christmas song? Do you have one?
2: Ooh, I don't know. That's quite a tough one. That is a really yeah. That is a tough one.
1: Yeah,
2: I, uh, I don't want to be boring. I Really, don't want to be boring. But it's going to have to be from Carey
1: All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh... that's very that's so that's so boring
2: and common, though, isn't it? it's well, such a like, common so I just like it, you know it's, it's it's one of the best for me
1: I learned recently about Whamageddon which is apparently people trying actively to avoid last Christmas as far, as deep into the month as possible, but then you see some of the football uh, sound systems playing it at half time and it just wipes out a lot of competitors straight away um, I quite like Mary's Boy Child by um, I like mm. that one not bad. I like I that one. Mentioned the, the Kelly Clarkson one as well. Isn't there's that? so
2: many, though, isn't there? There's, there's there's just so many. Like every Christmas song that comes on, I pretty much like anyway. So,
1: where do you sit on the whole "Is Die Hard a Christmas movie" debate? Was that 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 I mean, family's feud over that question?
2: Well, I mean, if it depends how you look at it, isn't it? it it's you you would imagine that a Christmas film is based on the theme of Christmas and everything around Christmas, but Die Hard isn't. Although, if someone would was would, would ask me what my favourite Christmas film is, I would say Die Hard, so I can see oh. how people are all.
1: There we go. And I mean, if, if, if that's what you would say, then, then it's a yes. Like, question. if
2: someone asked me, what is your favourite uh, film to watch near Christmas? I would probably say Die Hard, and then maybe Home Alone. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? You, you'd have to say, although it's not about Christmas, it's definitely a Christmas time film
1: but that's it like how do you define how do people define a christmas film does it does it have to be like is the definition of a christmas film one that's set at christmas or does it have to have certain things like does it have to have snow and a christmas tree it's you know stuff like that i don't know like yeah how do people define a christmas film because because as my brother pointed out rocky 4 the fight is on Christmas Day, so is that a Christmas film? Is that I, did, film? I suppose mm-hmm. it's 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 what films do you like watching near
2: Christmas? You know, they, it won't be long, and in a few, it won't be it won't be long. It'll give it a few more years, and I think Harry Potter will be up there because they seem to come out near Christmas, don't they? If yeah. You so it's I true. bet yeah, they you know give it. I don't know, a good few years, five, six, ten years they'll definitely be up there um, with the likes of Die Hard. But it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? What film do you watch today Christmas or what is your favourite actual Christmas film? It, I suppose they're two different things, but people can't kind of seem to get past, get, know what the actual question means. And I definitely don't, you know.
1: It's one of the, the great <laughs> debates. So I'm, I'm glad we sort of addressed that there. Um, just to end on a on a more lighthearted note after... To... yeah all the talk about injuries and transfers and everything so um yeah thank you I, I it's a good place to wrap things up i normally use that yeah. line but um at this time of year that's almost a literal thing to say um because we do have presents to wrap this afternoon <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have you on this pod lewis thanks for your expertise of course please make sure to check out ff community's website and our twitter page etc but I hope both you Lewis and our listeners have fantastic Christmas or holidays, whatever's being celebrated around the world.
2: Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network